here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. And we are back with an all-new episode of Keep It. Oof. Following Halloween weekend, in which I was vaporized into a pile of jigsaw pieces, I went very hard, and I am barely recovered. And wore nothing. Well, imagine me wearing something. It um, would seem inappropriate. All right. Um, I am joined here, as usual, by Louis Vertel, who I can't get rid of. I Try as you might, dumbass. I'm still here. But this isn't Kara next to me. It sure isn't. No. Hi. Hi. Tell everyone who you are, Ray. Hi. Well, you just told them. <laughs> Sorry. But they don't know who I am. Yeah. I'm some girl named Ray. I'm Ray Sani, you guys. She is a comedian. I'm a comedian. A comedian stress. I'm a comedian stress. I'm a girl comic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm wow, a writer. The mind boggles. <laughs> How does she do it? How does she do it? She has a vagina and she tries to tell jokes. Yeah. Um, Confounding. <laughs> I heard that you can do that now. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> For now. Yeah, we right. We got our freedoms. <laughs> Are you excited to be on Keith? I am. I am actually excited you're here because Ray and I have been friends. Four years. Years. And if she had lived here, you know, wouldn't have been stuck with Louis. See, there you go. <laughs> That's really cruel. <laughs> that was mean. To blame <laughs> your relationship on my geography. That's not kind. Everyone knows I love Louis. I would say it's in the middle 50, 50 percentile of mean things he said to me. It doesn't even register, actually. Doesn't it? No. Just wait till I'm drunker. <laughs> and it's 3 a.m. Oh, God. <laughs> This is, guys, it's 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> this How is much? turning into Long Day's Journey in the Night. Uh-huh. So, um, guys, Caitlyn Jenner is back. And we're always demanding that, so thank we, God. We're, we're always <laughs> demanding it. Please more, uh, we scream. Uh, so, we all know that she was riding the MAGA train. Correct. Um, sort of, you know, the um, white Kanye uh, with, right. without without the rapping. She did it before Kanye, actually. Um, and now she is off the train. She penned an op-ed saying that she is sorry. Who penned? Caitlyn Jenner did. Who penned? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think she wrote this Washington Post? Excuse me? <laughs> A Jenner wrote? <laughs> I thought Trump would help trans people. I was wrong. I... Caitlin, it would have taken about two seconds of forethought to to deduce maybe he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> that when he held up that, like, jerry-built LGBT flag that one time, that didn't mean shit. So... <laughs> Basically, we've always known that he was only for rich white people, and this is sort of why she supported him. And, you know, I get that... A lot of people have been like, you know, like maybe we shouldn't attack Caitlyn Jenner, you know, because she's trying and she's learning. But I think it ignores the fact that Trump has been racist for a long time. So even if he was in support of 
you because you were trans. He wasn't in support of like trans women of color. I do remember when she was caught wearing that MAGA hat and she claimed that she just thought it was any old red hat that she had, I don't know, from the 1971 Olympics. Very Tom Brady of her to do. But my thing is, there has been so much evidence this whole time. Caitlyn is the, like, queen of, it ain't a problem to it's my problem. Yes. Mm -hmm. She's been hanging out with the worst people (laughs) forever, forever, forever. If Kris Jenner is not the worst person in your circle, your life is a problem. (laughs) What is Caitlyn doing? She's hanging with Trump? I mean, and, like, what did he promise her? Has he promised her anything? Kim's gotten more results than Trump from Trump than I've seen Caitlyn for anything. She hasn't even had a White House visit. No! Trump doesn't care about you at all. And even if he were capable of empathy for somebody other than himself, the idea that he would extend to a whole group of people the kindness he has extended to you because you're famous. Yes. Be adjacent even, really. Is Caitlyn accomplished post- reality show i mean i'm not discounting the olympian career i'm just saying it's her association with a family that sort of leans into this reality thing that donald trump is obsessed with and so trans people are nothing but a, a a way to score points with a famous person to him and for caitlin to take that as genuine appreciation for her sisters and brothers and then decide that that's a thing that we should all care about and then my bad in a in a statement on twitter and then a post op-ed please but also we know he doesn't really care about her because he didn't even respond no. so. also by the way trans people are just one of like the wheel of people he will randomly scapegoat caitlin jenner yes. that's always been apparent also i love how you said like well at least she's learning everybody else is learning a lot faster <laughs> so i don't know why we have to put up with that Listen, she was held back in Mr. Rimmelauer's um, fifth grade history class. You know, she never got (laughs) to the Oregon Trail. (laughs) Anyway, coming up later in this episode, we will be joined by Ike Barinholtz. Whom I adore. I love Ike Barinholtz. Well, yeah, he's wonderful. Is he? Yes. We'll find No, I'm kidding. I love Ike. (laughs) Anyway, we'll be right back. All right, y'all. The details of that shoe-flinging Harper's Bazaar New York Fashion Week party in September are finally starting to unfold. No one could have guessed this feud would continue. (laughs) I thought it was done. They both retreated in their corners. It's over. Uh, Nicki Minaj's never-ending Queen Radio Show. Uh, no, she's gonna end. She, Fraser Crane. She's Who? not even releasing singles from the album anymore. No. Why is this show still on? This Does is she the be longest a- residency <laughs> I've ever seen from an underground artist. <laughs> she used Monday's episode to offer. $100,000 to anyone who has footage of her altercation that night with Cardi B because apparently she wants proof that it was her friend Ra Ali who gave Cardi that knot on her forehead and not security as Cardi and other bystanders claim. <laughs> uh, this prompted Cardi to literally devote 
like four fucking rows of her Instagram feed <laughs> to videos. Have you seen the screenshot of the uh, just the nine? Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is insane. <laughs> it's just this orange wig shows up in nine squares like the Brady Bunch. <laughs> like Warhol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's insane. Uh, she recounted the night uh, and disputed Nikki's claims and also provided a lot of random sort of receipts about how <laughs> Nikki has been shady to her. And the beef is back on. And it's like layered. And it's just like, remember when you said this from this long ago and this thing from yesterday? It's like I can't keep like th- the index in order. I need Robert Miller to take notes. Yeah. Because <laughs> can he just hop up on Instagram and be like, so the Trump family did this. The Trump family did that. I feel like it would be a lot more useful than waiting for the Senate to impeach his ass. Right. <laughs> I, I love this beef. Look. I know it was exhausting. I was exhausted halfway through yesterday as well. And then Cardi gave us nine videos. <laughs> nine. Vi- she is in a pumpkin colored wig. And she has these gold. She's cock rings in her pumpkin colored wig. <laughs> telling us how she got diesel deals. Yes. Before so, Nikki did. So Nikki has a diesel ad currently, um, which was part of their hate couture line, uh, where it has um, models uh, like uh, models and actor Tommy Dorfman is in the ad as well, Our wearing panel, yeah. wearing a jacket that says "faggot" on it. Mm-hmm. So like it's supposed to like reclaim hate words. The funny part of Nikki's jacket is it just says "the bad guy" on it. Because she, she has been running around for a year claiming that everyone's calling her Chun-Li. And the by bad the guy. way, Chun-Li is not a bad guy, uh, which continues to bother me. And somehow bad guy is the same thing as faggot. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. But mm. Cardi said that Diesel came to her with a deal first. And I don't know if it was the exact same deal that she provided receipts for online, but... There was evidence that someone was giving her a preliminary offer um, to work with Diesel. Mm -hmm. And she turned it down because she had a contract with Fashion Nova. Look, that is my favorite thing in the world. I'm a Brooklyn girl. I grew up in New York City. There's a Bronx shorty and a Queen shorty fighting. <laughs> when I was a kid, when I was in middle school, Diesel was everything. You wanted Diesel jeans with the, the, the faded front. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fashion person. I don't know fashion lingo. But that dark, dark <laughs> denim with that weird, like, in the middle of your thigh, very light. The whiskering yes. and all that, yeah. And then diesel shoes. Your back-to-school shoe was a diesel shoe. And four, in 2018, a Dominican shorty for the Bronx to dismiss <laughs> diesel because Instagram got her fashion over <laughs> in a rat beef. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, even the CEO of Wilhelmina Models tried to like chime in briefly. He was like sending t- uh, texts to like the shade room and things, <laughs> saying that there was never an offer 
um, brought to her, and then he deleted that Instagram post after Cardi posted her. And has fled the country. Yes, yes he's fled the country. Also, uh, I wait, he say- fled the country. No, I, oh. I mean, coming soon. Humor. Uh, I didn't mean to ruin your joke. <laughs> don't worry. Don't I thought worry. you were a comedian stress. I thought I was too. <laughs> I'm just thankful for a feud in which both parties are continuously compulsively quotable how mm-hmm. often do you get a feud where I'm just like I have to write this all down you know what I mean I, I'm gonna remember that one for later not since like Madonna and Courtney Love when they were snapping back at each other at the uh, what was the video music awards did have, you we got something like this did you see the end of video 20 uh, from Cardi I did not <laughs> well there was 60,000 videos yeah. and at the very end of 60,001 Cardi says you're ruining. I used to listen to you when you were when I was in high school, and you're ruining your legacy, being a hater. And I'm like, that is the most important thing that anyone has said to me today. I don't have a legacy, but I know I need to protect it. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to give our listeners some background on who this alleged um, person who attacked Cardi, Ra Ali, oh, is. Ra Ali. Look, I. I was a big reality fan. We're Bravo friends. Yes. But I watch everything in a way that Ira doesn't. And VH1 is a swamp in which (laughs) I live. (laughs) There's a show called Love and Hip Hop. New York now. You have to have the colon New York because it expanded very many to very many franchises. But the original is New York. And on Love and Hip Hop New York, there's a woman who showed up maybe season four. Her name is Ra Ali. She was Rashida Ali. I don't know when Ra became the thing. Uh, and she- Ra Digga started it. Well- I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's involved. Humor. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ra Ali calls herself a shoe expert. I don't know what that means. So am I? I don't yeah, know. I, I checked don't out know. her Instagram and it says something like, She's very into stilettos. Yes, she's a stiletto expert. That's how she came on loving hip hop. Okay. Okay. I don't know what her association with hip hop is, <laughs> but it's stilettos. Apparently, she was on the show. She was friends with Tahiri. She ain't friends with Tahiri no more. She was friends with Remy Ma. She ain't friends with Remy no more. So that's the part that is amusing to me. She was very good friends with Remy. Yes. Uh, one of the few clips I've seen of Love and Hip Hop. Don't fret had... on good television. No, it's good. Okay. I, 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 I have watched it from time to time. Uh, it's <laughs> time just that, to time. It's just that there is so much. You know, and I'm still watching. That's Love, why you I'm need still to, watching Love Island. When terrible <laughs> TV comes out, you gotta watch it right away, <laughs> or n- then you're gonna have your whack friend catch you up on a podcast <laughs> in 30 seconds. Um, but I did see a fight between Ra Ali and Remy Ma on the show, where um, Remy came to help set up Ra Ali's fashion show uh-huh. um, but she set it up just she put a bunch of chairs there and brought a <laughs> dj uh, and then a designer showed up um who remy didn't like no, and remy didn't. was like on the phone with someone she said hold on i'm about to drag this bitch she, real quick she did. and then she dragged her and then she took all the stuff that she set up the party with and took the DJ and said she didn't appreciate Ra Ali uh, <laughs> and said that she was a bad friend. And then I guess that's when Ra Ali switched over to Nikki's camp because well, Remy and Nikki had beef. Remy and Nikki had beef at the time. Remy and Nikki had beef from since before Remy got out of jail. Um, and 
Remy's a shooter, and it's very brave of Raali to publicly disagree with. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried See, for her. So that's always the thing, too, about this whole sort of fight. I remember Remy came out with Sheether, and it seemed like Nikki was shook because she didn't really respond. She released three songs mm-hmm. with Drake and Lil Wayne, and she mostly kept talking about I'm number one on the charts. Sure. I'm doing this. Remy can't sell That's records. That's all No Frauds is about. But fast forward to 2018, and Cardi has been the most successful uh, woman in hip-hop for two years in a row, and she has a slew of number one hits. Nicki can't really come at Cardi the way that she came at Remy by saying, you're a flop. She used the opposite tactic, which is, it's all payola, which yes, is, again, payola. my favorite argument ever. <laughs> Look, I don't I don't mean to say I know how radio works. Like, I don't know why there are eight Halsey singles that I have to hear all the time. Like, I don't know who's in charge of that, really. But, but that's Halsey, she is marching down to the radio station <laughs> With the cassette. Um, <laughs> But to suggest that, like, like the payola accusation, it's, is she trying to suggest no one's really a fan of hers? That she's just been inflicted upon audiences and we've accepted her? It's like, no, people love Cardi B. I don't know. It's a very strange thing to scream at somebody. There's a weird thing happening, and I think, and it's unfair of me to extrapolate from a rap beef uh social commentary on the state of the globe but there's this weird thing that happens where you can't just enjoy the fight and live in this place where both two things can be true nikki is arguing that cardi suddenly you know suddenly nikki's main focus is who writes raps right yeah <laughs> right. the charts fine whatever People slip Worry about in Drake on your own label. Hello, I was about who, to who, say. Who literally had okay. um, ghostwriter accusations. Quentin. Oh, boy. There was a track release that was the demo. Fine. Let's, you can slink in and out of convenient arguments to suit whatever beef you're in. Fine. But why can't it be that... Cardi is not as good at rap as Nicki is, but Cardi's fun to watch. Why can't those yeah, things right. exist? Why do we have to have one team or the other? Cardi's not the best rapper. That's not why I'm here. Hardly. <laughs> Nor does it matter to me if she even writes the raps. She's so good That's at them. That's also yeah. not why I'm <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. That's another thing, too. Like People put so much credence into who writes a song. And, you know, well, it's, it's important. Like, it is, I, it it is, is important. I mean, I mean, whether or not an artist has written their own songs. I, I, mean. I think it is a valuable thing that an artist has written their own song, particularly in hip-hop. Obviously, ghost, ghost writers and stuff have been around forever. But, you know, it is you hard. You need to know that Nelly penned Andale, Andale, Mari. Okay, yeah, you need yeah. to know that Nas <laughs> penned Getting Jiggy With It. <laughs> <laughs> These things matter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, look, I'm, there's pop rap and there is like real MCs and all this, all this. I understand the import of that. I just think it's bizarre that your best friend is Drake and you're trying to make that claim when you were in a whole relationship with a person who beefed with Drake over the fact that he had ghostwriters. That's insane. I mean, this is all just a square of petty. There's Meek Mill who hangs with Drake who hates Nicki, but also Cardi just did a song with Meek Mill, but totally not a diss track. Uh, like, 
The diagram you just drew, it was like you were tracking the Zodiac Killer. It was really exciting. (laughs) I look like that. Did Ted Cruz just hear his name? (laughs) Yeah, right. Right? I just, I look like that screenshot of Charlie from It's Always Sunny just drawing the threads. It's it's all really petty. Anyway, I doubt that it's over. However, Nikki did tweet, okay, you guys, let's focus on positive things from here on out. We're all so (laughs) blessed. I know this stuff is entertaining and funny to a lot of people, but I won't be discussing this nonsense anymore. The funny to a lot of people implies that you didn't find it funny (laughs) when you were on Queen Radio yelling to freedom and talking about Harriet Tubman. Right, like opening Pandora's box and shoving all the beef out of it. Um, (laughs) And listen, I mean... I agree with you. You know, Nikki is a better rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, By Cardi, far. But Cardi has been more entertaining this year, particularly because I remember when people were making the weird sort of comparisons of Nikki to Trump that were sort of like unfounded yeah. and, you know, poorly constructed. But there is something to say about um, when Cardi was showing in one of the videos all of the hateful messages um, that she was getting from Nikki fans when her number leaked online and showing that Nikki was liking tweets of her fans who were talking about how they were gleefully harassing Cardi. And I'm like, that is, that is gross. Not okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm team Cardi for the fun. But they've both been terrible. I sound like a Democrat <laughs> right now. <laughs> both sides have been awful and incendiary. No, but um, I I just think that it it there's no there's an echo chamber if we're drawing a Trump comparison, which is not kind to Nikki. But if there is a comparison, it's that she is. It sounds like she doesn't have anybody telling her, "You look crazy out here." And she's I on think- Instagram Live. Only getting responses from the barbs, right. her fans. And that is very MAGA. And they want her to be crazy. And she spends yes. a lot of time in her mentions, which is another one yes. of those things. Yes. Yeah. She, it, she's not engaging and with Trump the And Trump also has a constant radio show yes. that right. will never end. Yeah. It's relevant. So yeah. it's, there's that comparison. The, the, the seduction of the echo chamber for the narcissist, where it's just like, all right, look, uh, I'm amazing, and every bad move is a great move. And uh, picking on a 25-year-old when you're a 35-year-old, so she says, rapper, uh, is, a, is a little uh, Trumpy. Almost 40. <laughs> Almost oh, God, 40. don't even get back <laughs> to that. <laughs> but also, Cardi responded to that Instagram post. She's like, all right, let's move it forward. Yeah, she said, uh, all right, then, uh, let's keep it positive and keep it pushing. So I guess that's that until they get back into the beef. I'm going to give it... Four weeks. I know that everyone likes to jump into a beef, but I will say that um, you remember Cardi said that uh, she was offered that Little Mix song oh, right. um, <laughs> before her. Um, Little Mix posted an Instagram today. Like We had to wait for London time mm-hmm. um, for them to find out about the beef because <laughs> they were asleep when it was happening. Um, they were like, we always wanted to record with the queen, you know, and posted their own receipts. And I was like, I am such a big Little Mix fan, but I'm like, 
you should have wanted to record with Cardi because you need a U.S. hit, girl. Mm. That's true. Um, so let's let's not be proud of your non-charting song. But by the way, I saw some medley of like videos of Little Mix talking about the like several times they've said they wanted to work They're with Nicki Minaj. With Nicki. They love it. Yeah. I mean, it's almost too much. Like, <laughs> guys, talk about something else. They say Nicki Minaj was th- named three times in a mirror. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> When we're back, we're going to chat with Ike Barinholtz about the Second Amendment. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams robe. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. <laughs> Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. <laughs> Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. 
Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. And we're back with Ike Barinholtz. Hi. Just taking a sip of coffee from my Zabar's mug. You are everywhere. You're a comedian. You're an actor. You were on the Mindy Project recently. You were just in an amazing movie, Blockers. Yes. Kay Cannon, the director, was on our show. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Quite. She is a friend of the pod. She's a friend of mine for a long time. I've known her since the 90s, since Bill Clinton was president. Oh, my God. You guys did, like, hacky sack together and stuff? <laughs> we did hacky sack together. <laughs> we went to Woodstock 2. <laughs> we did oh, you all were in the, the mud fight with L7? <laughs> we yeah. Did you have a Tamagotchi? <laughs> I did have a Tamagotchi. We did, we were just you know just a couple of '90s kids, right? Uh, no, I've known Kay for a long time, and she did such a great job at Blockers, and it's the movie that more people have seen on airplanes than any other movie I've learned. Interesting. I think it might be me and Earl and the Dying Girl, but I feel like Blockers and that are b- back and forth. That's 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 me in the Heat. Oh, oh, the Heat! I saw the on a plane heat too. Is a big yeah. movie. I cried during the Heat on a plane. I cried oh, the dead... third time. Wow. I cried at Deadpool two on a plane. Wow. I cry on planes a lot. I think I'm just kind of like, uh, Amy Poehler says you're more emotional on a plane because there's less oxygen and you're you're isolated from the world. And I think she's right. And you're drinking. And you're drinking. Because I, I cried at fucking Deadpool 2. Yeah. Which I don't I don't. I know. don't think of it as a tearjerker. No. I, I cried at Ryan Reynolds' abs. He is, I gotta say, the, guy's, the guy's fucking hot. Yeah. I don't know. The last time I was on a plane, I had taken a Xanax and cried two minutes into Fences. So, oh, well, I mean, that is you're supposed to yeah. cry. Supposed Two to. minutes. <laughs> I'm about to cry thinking about fences right now. <laughs> I mean, you Two minutes into fences, yeah. though, I do feel like they're like, look at this fence. Like, there's not much is happening yet. You see the fe- shoes are the only thing I saw. I you think see you the cry fence, at the- and it's white, and you see the black people encased in it, and you just think of structural racism. <laughs> <laughs> Started crying. Uh, Symbolism. <laughs> also, you have a movie of your own. That you were at. I saw you at the Los Angeles premiere, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's where we met in in person. You snuck in? No. That would have hooked you up. I was invited. (laughs) I don't sneak into things. I was the night crawler. (laughs) Uh, The Oath, and it's very good. Thank you. People should see that. They should see it. It's everything you have been feeling over the last two years in the 90-minute movie. Yes, uh, with some haddish in it. Got a little haddish. Got a little side of haddish in there. Yeah, she's uh, she's a goddamn national treasure. I've noticed. Yes, she is. right. She is, and she's as advertised. She's the best. Well, your movie is very political. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna talk about some politics. Let's talk about, like, guys. Let's talk about politics. It's fun. Politics uh, is fun. We live in a fun country, a normal, fun, healthy country. <laughs> Nothing bad in it ever Nothing happens. bad, no, but it's good. These are the good times, and uh, let's let them roll. I wouldn't be surprised if they changed the name of the country to Normal Fun Country. <laughs> it's called Normal Fun Country now, <laughs> and uh, that's what we're calling it, yeah. This past Saturday, as it happens in America, there was another mass shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. Uh, this prompted the Paramount Network to pull two episodes of its Heathers series that were 
supposed to include a school shooting related storyline. This is the second time that Heathers has been pulled for a shooting, uh, a mass shooting in America. So I'm just thinking that maybe I don't think it's going to air. <laughs> I think if you keep pulling it whenever there is a big shooting, it will never air on it television. It will never or, air. And uh, yeah. Or you should just air it and be like, this is. This is what the country is right now. This is America. <laughs> yeah. Last summer, NBC pulled a mass shooting-related episode of The Carmichael Show after a gunman opened fire on a congressional baseball field in Virginia. And following the Las Vegas massacre, FX edited out a mass shooting scene from American Horror Story. Um, Mr. Robot's been pulled before. Hannibal. Um, Glee. I remember when a Buffy episode didn't air because of Columbine. And that seemed... Out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glee now, had a school shooting? Uh, they had, um, like, a death with, like, a child death. A, oh, okay. A, a okay gotcha. It wasn't, like, a mash. They weren't, like, Degrassi. singing while yeah. bullets Got were flying. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> singing Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> this is the problem with all these reboots. If you do a show that is pre-Columbine, mm-hmm. you're going to have post-Columbine problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why you should buy my pilot and Iris pilot and I have done. one too. Yeah, I have one too. <laughs> You're fine. We're fine. You got a movie out. The oath with let Tiffany us, Haddish. Yeah, let the us sell a pilot. Star on John, the pilot. John, can I? Can I be, be one of the ourselves. fucking actors on one of your shows, please? <laughs> yeah. Jesus, of course. It's like an old perverted janitor or something. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you can be like the Genevon Oi in my black <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I, wait, time out. We need to dedicate a lot to six. If you're just going to bring six up. Blossom and I have the same birthday. But that is a good point, right? Heathers is a movie from the 80s that was about uh, trying to blow up a school, and it was about students committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, if you try and do that now, people are a lot more sensitive about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, should we even be doing TV shows about gun violence. Well, what's the value of the social commentary, right? Because in an, in the eighties, that movie served a specific function, and um, a, a conversation about school shootings that are so prevalent, let alone mass shootings, but school s- shootings in particular, where they are happening so frequently, um, and it's a part of the daily life. What's the value of making a show that talks about that? And what's the value of removing from the air a thing that reflects a day-to-day reality? Um, I personally wouldn't pull school shooting episodes because we can't act like a thing isn't happening. Totally agree. That's that's the nature of satire and the nature of art. It has to be reflective of society. And if it's not, and if we're scared of that, um, then it's just going to be purely escapist. And we cannot live in that landscape. I don't want to live in that landscape where we don't see things that are that are based off of things that are happening in real life, even if they are as disturbing as a school shooting. And Were something you... I was going to say that's also bizarre is it's weird to pull episodes of a show just because a particular news event has occurred. I mean, it's like, so you only stand behind it when these things aren't occurring. It's right. like you've got to stand behind the show or not. It's very know? false, I feel yeah. like. Because otherwise, yeah. why did you make it? Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's also, it's also weird because it's like, if you... S- because it because they happen so often now, um, the fact that the idea that someone could watch it and be reminded of a shooting is like mm-hmm. all they have to do is turn on the news. Mm. Right, they have plenty of motivation. They're going to do whatever they want. And it, I, I'm not someone who says that 
things that you see in movies and television don't have some effect on people, but it's uh, it it's we have to we have to tell stories that are are reflective of what's going on right now. Otherwise, I love Second Amendment rights in our movies. <laughs> I want I want Tom Cruise running around with a gun at all times and an R and B album. Yes, because that's the only way to get Republicans to like Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Did it work? I mean, it's- they liked her for. Point two seconds of the Country Music Awards. Oh, right, with the Dixie Chicks. Oh, yeah. like, yeah. my daddy said, shoot. Oh, they yeah. were like, oh, yeah, we love Beyonce. But then they were like, wait, she's up here with those sinful Dixie Chicks. <laughs> 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 um, you have a film which um, is very much a political satire. Yeah. Uh, were you worried about anything that you put in the movie? Mm. I mean, you know, we have a gun in the movie. Yeah. We have a lot of gunplay. Um, you know, you follow Chekhov's rule. We follow <laughs> Chekhov's rule. Well, to qu- to quote Michael Scott, what's the most exciting thing that can happen in a movie or TV show? Someone pulls out a gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the joke of it and and kind of the the route we went was. We have two characters that are kind of squaring off. One is like this kind of neo-fascist who's very uh, well acclimated to firearms. And one is me who's this kind of like, you know, perfect liberal that has no idea how to work a gun. So, um, you know, I think it's it's how you use it in context. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought about it. I think I think the most important thing is in terms of representation is that we, we really try to call back the fetish fetish fetishization. Fetishization. That's a bit of a tough one at oh, 9 sure. 15 a.m. Um, I knew you'd get it. Yeah, you knew. I just, you, you, you let me go. Um, you went full spelling bee kid. You're like, I want the, I want the root. Yeah. I even had like a little quirk like one of those kids have too at the beginning. Um, uh, but I feel like that's that kind of like Michael Bay, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer where it's just shots of ammo and tight shots of guns rolling by and being loaded and, and cocked is kind of hopefully on its way out because a it's really played out and lame (laughs) and i think that is the thing that kind of just is it's just kind of catnip for gun nuts and we should kind of curb that a little bit maybe i I also think weirdly even though there's something um too prescriptive about deleting episodes of tv because they're too violent it does feel to me like one of the first times i've seen people really reckon with how much violence there is on TV because it's always been something that producers can rely on that's not like, you know, swear words are always edited out. Sex, you can't, you historically have not been able to show on TV. Obviously, things are different now in like the Unless it's cable rape. era. Yes, right. No, precisely. But um, Olivia Benson is chasing after rapists every week. Right. And they didn't pull anything during the Kavanaugh hearings. Right. So I just wish, like, if we were actually going to grapple with violence on TV, it would be a little more, uh, I don't know, it would impress me more. It would see. It would seem less, you know, just strict and. That's part of the problem. A lot of it seems very selective, and there seems to be no big agreement on like, maybe we should shift the conversation of the violence that we actually do depict. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sort of change that conversation. Well, um, the problem with that for a lot of networks, I would imagine, is that when you get into the business of confronting an an issue head on. You then have to be a problem solver. Mm-hmm. And these 
places probably don't want to be problem solvers. Yeah, Dick Wolf is not a problem yeah. solver. <laughs> no, they've been solving those rapes or attempting for 20 years. 20 years. Dick Wolf is not successfully He's not showing up and saying, rape. how can I help? Yeah. Also, Dick Wolf, in all of his shows, anyone who talks to the police can't be bothered to stop their job for a second. No. Yeah. It's always like, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Lisa Peterson, yeah, I saw her as he's like loading boxes. It's like, hey, you're talking to a fucking cop. Stop work for five minutes, let them know their information, then you can go back to work. I but hope you, someone you must I know is murdered and the cops come in here and I'm like, I'm still going to record Keep It while you ask me these questions. I have to forge I this see. metal. I can't. But you have to be wearing a dirty, wet apron. Yeah. <laughs> John Favreau, yeah, I said haven't seen him in a while. But anyways, um, I love that that was the job. one you picked to die. Well, hey, you know, listen, or he was the murderer. That's true. One of right. the two. One of the Third two. act twist. Yeah. More, more Chekhov. <laughs> we know that networks don't really want to be problem solvers. It's also you don't want to get into a situation where you're sort of um, censoring what writers can create. However, if you're going to allow writers to create something like this, then you should probably just... Eric, you know, especially since it, they, they also before this, they had already weren't going to air the finale where JD tries to blow up the school. And it's like the movie exists. Yeah. The scene happened. At a certain point, you have to cut bait and just be like, we're not going to do the show anymore. It's too hot button for us. <laughs> or like lean in totally and be like, hey, this is America. This is a show. You can't half it um, yeah. just because it also like as a viewer, I'd be like, wait, I don't get to see the finale. I don't get to see the ending. Um. I, I think, you know, they have to use their discretion. I think if it's something like if you have a show that's about to air and it's like something super specific, like it's about like a shooting in a synagogue. OK, maybe you can, you know, you know, use your best judgment. But I think we have to kind of just air it. I think you're so right. I think, it, you know, this is the country right now and it fucking sucks and it's a disaster and it's a literally a bloody mess. But we have to tell these stories. Just put a big warning. Hey, this is going to upset some viewers and let them, you know, choose to watch it or not. And if people get offended, and just live with it. I feel like also there's a particular issue with Heather's and that the tone of the show, like the movie, is such acid snark. And, like, it's that juxtaposed with the subject matter mm. that feels controversial to mm -hmm, people. But mm -hmm. I have to say, it's also interesting about Heather's that that's the angle they chose to keep from the 80s because I don't really feel like teens' high school culture is snarky like mm -hmm. that now too so no. that feels a little bit like a mystery very because, 80s in that way yeah, yeah. I mean it's like because I, I of course I've said previously I am afraid of woke teens and their vigilance <laughs> <laughs> one you don't but, want David Hogg coming after that's you that's what I'm saying Emma is a beast yeah. on Twitter but also too like the humor of like kids today is I feel like actually weirder and less like verbally acidic than Heather's. It's is more too. Dada. -ish. Yes, you right. Know, it's crazy. Random. Uh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Right. Um, that is a perfect point, you know, because mm -hmm. it, it reminds me of um, one of my favorite things about the 21 Jump Street reboot. Uh, when they go back to high it school. It wasn't yes. Channing Tatum. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, when they try to go back to high school. Well, and yes, the kids are all woke. Channing Tatum was my favorite part, yes. Uh, but they go back to high school and Channing Tatum tries to, you know, be an asshole like kids were when he was. Yeah. But people don't do that. They're anymore. not. That's right. not cool, man. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that is a good point. Yeah. Uh, good point. Thank Laura. you. But there, is, <laughs> but there is like a dark kind of, it's not as acidic or acidy as you put it, um, as it was then, but there is this sort of like 
dark but yes. also ironic thing happening with teens. But I think that they're just confront- They still bully. They bully Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> do their mentions. jobs and they love Nikki. Um, <laughs> What, but but it is it has a different sort of place and intention. They are confronted with more things than we have ever been yeah, confronted definitely. with. And I think, uh, given you know what you were just talking about in terms of the Heather's and this the snark, they were sort of trying to filter through this like veneer of the Reagan eighties, where we're sort of regressing to the fifties and the eighties, and everything looks good and everything's kitschy. And Heather served a different purpose then. And now there's this confrontation with everything real in a way that 15-year-olds have never had to do, not only in person with the gunshots, but also online with the conversation. And I would love to see an honest reflection of that in their media, watching them consume a thing and then also sort of figuring out how to converse with them through that art. Mm -hmm. I also think the the big takeaway from all this should be stop doing fucking reboots. Let's get some original fucking ideas out here. We don't need to reboot every single show. Ike, what are you doing next? I mean, you have a movie. I have a movie that's in theaters that people should go see because it is fucking crazy and it's everything uh, that, that's been swirling around in our heads in a 90-minute movie and it's not your family so you could laugh at them being uh, completely <laughs> eviscerated. Um, and it's timely because it's Thanksgiving too. It's coming up, guys, and this Thanksgiving is going to be a fucking disaster. First of all, I want to be clear. I'm glad they rebooted Murphy Brown as opposed to some other shows sure. because <laughs> there's a lot of other shows I'm seeing rebooted that are not should not be rebooted murphy brown is possibly one of them with that said uh no we're doing a uh a couple movies we're doing a kind of a big uh, uh two-hander comedy and then uh we're doing kind of a i'm doing a what i would call like a spiritual sequel to the oath which is all about the dangers of befriending people on social media mm. befriending strangers on social media i probably that's had what you and i did that's what we did yeah like, but it worked out this is the best version of that i'm learning that like people online are fucking insane oh sure i, I tweeted on saturday I was very upset and i tweeted that like hey if you support donald trump this shit's on you which i believe is 100 percent true like mm-hmm. you can't pick and choose anymore it's like are you in with him are you in with this what's happening and like the responses have been breathtaking Oh my God! I haven't been called a kike this much since I don't know. I went to basketball camp when I was like uh, eight. Good Lord! Uh, so I'm making, I'm writing a movie that I think is going to explore that, and then I'm doing a uh, this animated show with Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph and Jillian Bell about the Southern family. Did you just say Wiig? What's that? <laughs> Do not. That was gay humor. Don't, don't pay attention. Wait, I, I want to be. Wick. I want to know. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's it's. You wouldn't understand it. It's just between us. <laughs> Can I text Chris Schleicher and he would let me know? He sure would. Okay. He, he okay. will. Because I text Chris and the pe- and the level uh, list of people I text the most. Chris is like number four. He's like above my. my Chris dad. is a writer. Chris is a very good friend of mine and Iris, who worked with uh, Ike on Mindy. Projects. And I'm in a big text chain with him and Mindy Kaling, where crazy things are said. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna go do that. Well, I then... hope to be like number fifteen. <laughs> we could do better than that, Ira. We could go know. to ten. You're a top tenner. Okay. Give me my your your, your uh, information when we leave, and then maybe me and you and Lewis will have our own little chain. You can join too if you want, but you might not want to. <laughs> um, and we'll see if we can uh, go deeper than me and Chris and Mindy. I think we can. I think we can. Yeah. I don't think Ray has any time for more white people in her life. <laughs> Come on. I'm unless one of the good you, ones. Unless you staff her on Shasta McNasty. <laughs> the reboot is about to be starring a black woman. Hey, do you know how I can get in touch with Jake Busey by any chance? Do you have any contact info for him? 
I think we both can reach him the same way. <laughs> <laughs> With a Ouija board. Yeah. <laughs> a Ouija board. Or re- <laughs> reruns of The Apprentice. Call him daddy. Uh, thank you so much for being here. You guys, right. I love the pod. I listen to it all the time. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being rad. Come on, guys. I'm rad. I'm totally <laughs> rad. I'm an 80s kid. <laughs> And coming up, Megan Kelly. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Your home is your place of peace. It's clean. It's welcoming. (sighs) And it's definitely not crawling with invading insects if you use Ortho Home Defense Max. Use it indoors on non-porous surfaces to treat and prevent cockroaches, spiders, and ants for up to 12 months. So your home can stay your place of peace, your work-from-home office, and your family's headquarters. Kill bugs inside, keep bugs outside, and love your home. Visit ortho.com for more. So last Friday, Megan Kelly today got canceled. <laughs> swiftly. Uh, swiftly. Uh, it was sort of swirling around when we were recording last week. Mm-hmm. And I made like an offhand joke about it. But I just assumed that she would get to keep her job on her low rated show and continue <laughs> to terrorize us. Since she's paid a low 11 figures to do it. Right. Um, however, the intense backlash for her remarks about blackface earlier that week, um, where she was sitting with an all-white cast and said, <laughs> but what is racist? Because truly, you do get in trouble if you're a white person who puts on blackface at Halloween or a black person who puts on whiteface for Halloween. And I'm like, do you get in trouble for that? I've seen white chicks. Um, <laughs> uh, Important cultural a, documentary, white chicks. when I was a kid, you were okay as long as you were dressing up like a character. Um, she apologized in an internal email to staff and then on air, but social media was not having it. Neither was Al Roker. And neither was Al Roker, <laughs> uh, who she replaced when she got her fucking show. And my girl Tamron. And Tamron Hall. Uh, and now she has been replaced to... She's been replaced by Al Roker. He is back on the Today Show with Hoda and Craig Melvin. So an all POC panel. Yeah. Take that, sweetie. Uh, um, Meg- is Megan gone? I, can I say something? I continue to be 
intrigued and surprised by what they thought she was. Because to be a star on Fox News is a very specific, it's like a dementia playground. Like, what do they do in that network? They, like, wave, like, a pocket watch in front of your face, and they're like, it's still the 1950s. Doris Day is still the biggest celebrity on earth. You know, like, assuring all these people who don't remember shit that they were right or whatever. Um, And so she did well there. But honestly, it's not like she was, like, a warm and friendly morning personality. Mm-hmm. She was someone who was statesmanlike and lawyer-like mm-hmm. and delivered the Fox News message in a sort of straightforward way. Mm-hmm. Then to bring Hitchcock her- would have cast her in one of his thrillers. Precisely. Like, she was very icy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, exactly. And wore shock ivory all the time. <laughs> um, and then to bring her over to NBC and give her all of the money to be somebody we adore really and want to spend breakfast with is so weird. It's just so weird. It was it was weird when she started out. Like I still remember that promo where she's like, "You're watching Megyn Kelly today," and she like, ki- like kicks in the air. Oh sure, <laughs> like like Reba. <laughs> <I'm 50. laughs> uh, and then she tried to do celebrity interviews but would bungle them mm-hmm. like when she was asking Jane Fonda about her plastic surgery abruptly well, yeah so i'm very sadly a true crime obsessed person oh and dateline is i keep my... wanting to turn this into a true crime podcast and no one around me will die <laughs> <laughs> i'll try to die for you tonight if that's okay how evanescent <laughs> take too long i hope eight hours is not too long uh but uh, dateline is my favorite true crime thing and this season, or was it last season, NBC snuck in an episode where Megyn Kelly was the one who was the Keith Morrison of the episode. Oh. And they didn't do it with any fanfare. They kind of just slipped shoddy right in. It was a very, I can't remember what episode, but it was a very sort of woman-specific episode. Maybe a sex crime, most of them are. But uh, maybe a sex crime and a a woman victim that sort of... uh, reflected uh, Megan's demographic. And I think that was the mistake, right? NBC hired this woman who had been cast off from Fox News. She says it was her decision, but it wasn't. And banked on people liking, like, on some... (laughs) This is very bad marketing and business practice, but it was a very... The enemy of my enemy is my friend with Donald Trump. Here's $69 million because Donald Trump said you had a period on TV one (laughs) time. It's foolish. It's a folly. And they've been trying to slip in that $69 million check and get some value for two years in weird places. Why would you ever put the person who says that Santa's just white on daytime television? No kidding. Also, I will say $69 million is enough money to be white Santa for one year. I hope <laughs> right? she makes good on that promise. It's really crazy. I thought it was weird when she showed up buying things on Superstore. Right. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I think, did she have a likable turn on a sitcom that I missed? My my thing that's fascinating is, um, and when you read the quote, it uh, sort of reinforced it. You mentioned that it's like she asked, "Well, what's racist?" Because white people get in trouble, and I think that that is a really important thing that a lot of people don't engage with. The fact that 
pop or not even pop culturally, but just culturally for Americans, racism wasn't bad until it was illegal in the sense that in the 60s, it came around that you legally couldn't discriminate against people of color in a way that was visible, tangible. There were tangible consequences for it. And so my frustration is the engagement with racism as a thing you get in trouble for doing, not a thing that is a moral wrong Mm -hmm. to do. And so I'm very confident that the network would be doing a little better of a job defending her were her show successful. And that would... Of course. Her her blackface incident, by the way, nothing would have happened if she was still on Fox. Yeah, exactly. Nothing would have happened because she would have been probing. She would have been just asking questions, finding out what gets white people in trouble. Yeah, Tucker and, Carlson every day is like, I mean, what would happen if I put on this white yes. hood and burned a cross in someone's musing, lawn? Musing about being a <laughs> racist. What if I accidentally lynched a black person? <laughs> it was an accident. <laughs> and, and, my, and so my frustration is that uh, f- a lot of these racist incidents are people's fixations on a deed, on an illegal act, on a tangible, cruel action, rather than engaging with the fact that racism is, this is probably not the right way to say it, but a mood, a thing that is in the air all the time, and that it doesn't require a specific action to cross the line before we act on it. And so to hear, you know, we get that with Trump all the time. All the time, when he has to say like, the n-word yes. tape. We got to find Tom Arnold's right. going to find the n-word <laughs> tape because that's a thing that could be used against you in civil rights suits or something. And the implication is, otherwise, it doesn't exist. Otherwise, yeah. it yeah. doesn't matter. It's just frustrating because you're 47 in 2018. We just over accused a Jenner for cultural appropriation. You know what the fuck blackface is? <laughs> Get it together. Stop pretending you're ignorant or play. Like the charges of racism are met with responses that feel like defendants or lawyers defending against racism in court on technicalities rather than a real engagement with the world and environment within which we live and that's very frustrating and she is the epitome of that because she only lost a check because they already didn't like her right right she was gone anyway basically They're, they're using this as an excuse basically yeah uh speaking of excuses I'm glad you're here, Ray, because Mm -hmm. my favorite excuse (laughs) uh, uh, that Megan used when she was talking about blackface was that Luann (laughs) Delaceps dressed as Diana Ross on um, Bravo's Real Housewives of New York, which is owned by NBC Universal. She's like, if that's okay... And by the way, let's just reiterate that the the Diana Ross getup included dark makeup, dark makeup, yeah. and that and she denies she she denies that she did any skin darkening. By the way, even though she was she showed up iris complexion, and she is a full <laughs> white woman, or yes. I think she might have Native American in her. Let me not and, be dismissive. And ten of Kristen Wiig's gilly wigs on Hello? top of her head to right. create an afro. It's not like the skin darkening helped us identify <laughs> Diana Ross. It wasn't like, oh, this looks like Diana in The Wiz. Oh, Luann shouldn't have darkened her skin because we got it. She looked like a scraggler. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
off the like street. Like a garbage pail can. It's not like the makeup was an identifying factor. That's the thing with blackface. It's never illuminating. It's not like, yeah. oh, I didn't know that was Nicki Minaj until you put on the darkest shoe polish <laughs> <laughs> to play a light-skinned black woman. Like, this doesn't make sense. Also, like, I just need her not to bring up Luann at all. I find her a troubling and scary person. <laughs> Luann? Well, uh, Luann Wait, yeah. hold on. Louis, this is why Ira and I <laughs> are obsessed with Real Housewives. Because that's an alternate world. Yeah. Those people are psycho in a yeah. way <laughs> that you're not supposed to engage that's with just it, in a right. real thing. Yeah. Okay? That's- the problem with people who, who fail on that show is when they join it and they try and be a normal human being. Exactly. Who's sitting at brunch with that these women was, fighting and exactly. they're like, can't we just be like the, ladies? The ballad of Carol Radzewell. She came on there. She thought she was going to be the normie who was watching these psychos around her. Then she became best friends with the best psycho. And then it all fell apart from there. Right. You should not. You should not look to for cues on social grace and engagement with race relations. The cast. That shat on the floor in Colombia right. on their trip this season. <laughs> no, I feel like on that show, like it, 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 a normal social interaction is screaming at somebody that you hate their kids and then jumping into the split. Hello? Right. Okay, if Ramona literally pooped on the floor, her best friend is the blackface leader you need for the conversation. <laughs> um, what's sad about this mostly is the fact that there's no lesson learned. No. Megyn Kelly was fired because her show had pitiful ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, pe- more people watch Looking than her show. Um, <laughs> that cannot be. I don't okay. even know what channel TV Land is. <laughs> <laughs> Looking was on HBO. Oh, damn. You're part of the problem. <laughs> Look, we had five Groff good was, episodes. Jonathan five good Groff episodes. was wonderful. Yeah. But there's no lesson. You know, they Damn. fired her because the show was a flop. Right. right. You know, it would have been different if the show was a success and they still got rid of her because that would have been, oh. Right. You know, we're actually doing something. But to your point, you know, like, if we keep firing people for these sort of, like, offenses that are racist, are we ever really going to get to the root of racism in itself is bad you know the vibe of racism is bad like don't light your racism diptyque candle <laughs> like even the waft of the smell is bad also when she gave that apology on air for what she said and it was like she went to this very grave place and went to this it was very wrong what i said it's like i'm not getting anything from this because clearly this is the pressure from the network that already mm-hmm. hates you for not delivering ratings so it's mm-hmm. just like n- null and void we got nothing from that yeah but but also too i So I'm not the kind of person who wants people to get accolades for the basicest of basic things. But I do think that there's something uh, very interesting in seeing, uh, and I'm projecting onto Megan, I'm thinking more about her Fox News colleagues and stuff, people like Bill O'Reilly who won't go away, right? even though they've paid out these big settlements and have been removed from their platform. There's this insistence upon being visible while being atrocious that feels very sort of of the time 
that is Trumpian and, you know, Bill O'Reilly having this podcast and tweeting about sexual assault issues like he's not on Twitter just because of a sexual harassment issue. She's weirdly, and maybe it's because she's a woman and was in that Fox environment, seems almost too polite and to to respectability to i feel like continue to i don't know if she'll be like a bill o'reilly look this is i just want to be clear i don't have the facts facts on this but there was speculation that she was somebody who had also had to deal with the brunt of uh, roger ailes nonsense so i just am very curious about what it means to be given a a lump sum and told to go away and whether or not some still don't right. yes, yes. and whether or uh-huh. not somebody who had to leave Fox News because the president of the United States that your network has worked toward electing hates you, but insisting upon being in the spotlight anyway, and when your rebound or your bounce back fails so miserably, someone as arrogant as she is is to muse about blackface on national television. I want to see what she does later and what the social She's consequences run for are. I'm going one woman show. Run one for woman office. Show. Yeah. That's my guess. It's going to be a cane. It's full of Velma <laughs> Kelly. I think, I think a true crime podcast. I, oh, sure. I think yeah. that's what Megyn Kelly's future is because in her specific role, what is bigger than the nine o'clock hour, the 10 o'clock hour of NBC in right. the morning. She there's no upward mobility, mm-hmm. thankfully, for someone so toxic. She'll take to the internet. Yeah, what, and, and so find where? Like, and mm-hmm. find that echo chamber Ec- of people that's who exa- love her. That's the result for everybody. Every time there's no more canceling. I'm not out here saying cancel culture is bad. We're not having that interview. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying that like there's no real consequence for any racist. I mean, the president just called himself a nationalist at a rally, and. There was three terrorist attacks over the weekend, and there's no consequence for that. There's a place where it's still acceptable. I'm very interested in the world in which a Megyn Kelly will land fine. In addition to her payout that NBC is going to give her, she's going to get a platform, and I'm, I want to see which people go along. I'm going to say, because it's one of those things where if you have any supporters at all, there's always a restart option yep. for you. You know what I mean? You, you can be hated Patreon and hated and hated, something. but if you yeah, if you find certain people, yeah, Megan exactly. Megyn Kelly yeah. with a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon Megan with a Y? <laughs> she just got one from NBC. <laughs> yeah, hello. $69 million. A $69 that, million that will, dollar donation that, that, that will, that will for fund a podcast. <laughs> That'll fund the whole podcast network. Mm. Hello. Uh, You're gonna have Megyn Kelly racist bits. There's gonna be 20 minute episodes for the extra paying. Pod resuscitate my career. She signs up every episode. She signs up every episode, being like, "Tell those betas to go away." (laughs) Lacroix, I like pure because it's white. She's gonna have the interview with Alex Jones. She really wanted to have. Right. Uh, when we're back, keep it. And we are back with the best segment of each week. It's Keep It. Lewis, you're bobbing your head. Mm-hmm. Because, because Keep It is my jam. I'm really <laughs> enjoying this segment. Um, I've thought long and hard about this. Okay. 
Um, it's a Halloween-themed one. I'm going to say keep it to the Suspiria remake, which I just saw. Okay, here's the thing. This is rude. I, I, I and, think and, it is. And you know I haven't seen it, so I can't even object. All right, really. well, I won't, I won't be like too descriptive of what happens in it. But first of all, I come from a planet of people that wants everything for Tilda Swinton. She's, as I call her, italicized Kate Blanchett. Um, I... <laughs> Love, love, love her. She's brilliant. And she's brilliant in this movie. And you know who else is? Dakota Johnson is brilliant in this movie. However, there's something with like this level of shock horror where after a while, everything you see becomes not shocking at all and you're just anticipating it. And then it stops being scary and then just starts looking like some like out of control coloring book. And so really, it was a stressful movie experience uh, uh, that try to have some cultural import. They wove in some, um, the movie takes place in the 70s, and they weave in like news bits about terrorism that don't really connect to the warped dance studio at the center of this movie. <laughs> but I just thought it was a lot of gruesomeness that didn't resonate, and now just my body hurts. So I'm a little <laughs> do you mad. Like the original? Yes, I do. Uh, uh, I think uh, the original is like this beautiful, like bright, Technicolor Fantasia, yeah, and the music—it's um, amazing, right? Uh, and also, Luca Guadagnino is the director of this. I obviously am obsessed with "Call Me by Your Name." I loved "Bigger Splash," so I am the my disappointment in this film is wearing on me for that reason. So that is my keep it this week. Happy Halloween! <laughs> White people stop wearing orange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray, what is your keep it? Uh, my keep it is also white people wearing orange. <laughs> Thank <No>. you. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, my keep it is false equivalences. Um, feels especially like uh, relevant given um, you know the bombing attempts or the assassination. That is a real world word. The assassination attempt via mail bombing. Um, to all these various political figures and then this Pittsburgh shooting and the Kroger shooting. That's a thing that's not getting reported right. well enough. A man sought out a black church in Louisville, Kentucky. Couldn't get in. Couldn't get in and went to a Kroger and shot two elderly black people because these people are always cowards and didn't shoot a white person who was armed with a gun. I have questions about why that white person didn't shoot that man when he was walking by. But that white... Um, I don't even know this terrorist name, but he said whites don't shoot whites, which is why he didn't shoot the white person. So it's definitely a hate crime, even though the Which Louis- statistically they do. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> they does shoot, they intra-racial <laughs> crime. That is what black on black crime is a redundancy. <laughs> crime is what that is. But uh, my, my frustration is this lack of nuance that it sort of is perpetuated by people online, but also engaged with actively a strategy on the part of political figures like Mitch McConnell and company where, uh, or Lindsey Graham even, where they act as if the the president- of the turtle and that Keebler <laughs> elf. <laughs> He's so they're so rude with their southern accents too. Aren't they? Jeff Sessions and Lindsey Graham be oh, sassy with a twang. <laughs> like, like they went to just rude tr- as hell. Like they went to Trent Lott's <laughs> finishing school. These Keebler Cottage. <laughs> I'm I'm probably just jealous that my rudeness is not sound so elegant. But <laughs> my frustration is that there's no way that we can say that a person who is obsessed with a guy who repeatedly invites people to 
Second Amendment, his political opponent, or, um, you know, lock her up as a chant, as a rallying cry to extrajudicially capture your political opponent. And, um, and you know, Cory Booker, somebody saying, we fight back. There's a, there's a gulf in between the language in terms of, you know, like conservatism is about stoking fears and making people anxious and making people reactive. And when that reactive thing is m- not just voting, but, you know, telling people to show up armed to make sure other people can't vote and then telling people to punch people at rallies and deciding that people are the enemy of the American people. That language is not the same which, as aggressive language. Journalists like rally. CNN and like, you know, getting um, bonds and like. BuzzFeed and places being on that list. It's even got a Fox and Friends shook. This morning they were literally like, I really wish Trump would stop calling the press the enemy of the people. <laughs> oh. They're like, please, Finally. please don't blow we're up. We're four our- years in and they realized <laughs> <Right>? it's unkind. <laughs> we're just trying to do our production of Paint Your Wagon every morning. Please do not <laughs> blow us up. Uh, <laughs> Good Clint Eastwood reference for that <laughs> network. Yes. Just just keep all of it. You know what is more toxic. All of you said it when you were primarying in the election. Ted Cruz said it. Lindsey Graham said it. Everybody knew that that specific person's language was very dangerous rhetoric to be put rhetoric to be put in the public. And suddenly. And now they're all pretending they like him. Now they all pretend to president. like him. Because he's president. And it's so cynical and disgusting and hypocritical. And it's lying. You're lying lying about the impact of these things when the president of the United States says something it has immediately more weight than anybody in a room of people could figure out to say combined there's no more impact than the leader of the free world saying punch somebody at a rally in the face and for you to pretend that it's the same thing as Maxi Waters saying I ain't scared you've got a problem Brill she ain't never scared she's been wearing that wig in public for all this time you gotta be brave to do that (laughs) don't kill me black LA I promise (laughs) I'm on your side my keep it this week is for Denny's Twitter account (laughs) you know I love it when corporations are very funny yes you know these I hate it, you know, normally when they're always trying to engage with young people on Twitter, especially black Twitter, you know, by um, making little jokes and referencing things that are memes. Sometimes it works and Mm -hmm. one goes viral, which is why every other account tries to replicate it daily. And most of the time you miss these tweets. But the other day, Denny's tweeted, we snapped when we made our pumpkin spice pancake <laughs> breakfast, and that's the tea. Absolutely not. Just be fucking white, okay? <laughs> Don't. They sounded like a white person on Shasta McNasty. <laughs> this is a parody of a white person. It's it's kids. Also, I've got a question. Trip. Did you really snap? Sounds like you probably didn't. We snapped. <laughs> it sounds like a person trying to imitate a black contestant on Drag Race that didn't win when they should have. Yeah. It's like really just a very complicated series of or Lagarde Extraja. <laughs> exactly, just like all we these... snapped, Mama. <laughs> just black gay Mad Libs. 
now Denny's is going to respond to you. I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> you better watch out. Also, pumpkin spice is never the tea. Uh, no. No. It's not 2010 anymore. Sorry. I you, don't think the, I've, I've ever moved had to it. a maple place. Yes. I, oh, I, oh I, is that what's in now? I, I prefer it. Yeah. yeah. Um, what happened to good old fashioned mocha? Why yeah. can't we just put coffee and chocolate together, keep it moving? <laughs> <laughs> Make Swiss Miss great again. <laughs> Swiss Miss was the shit. That oh, is yeah. Trump's favorite type of miss. A Swiss Miss. <laughs> <one, laughs> which is short. I, just, it, he taunts Melania with Swiss Miss packets. You'll never be her. That's why she don't care. That was what that jacket was about. Yeah. It's hot chocolate. I don't really it. care about Swiss Miss to you. <laughs> well, now I do. Yeah. Just, it's just wild. Like, Look, I don't know what Denny's is trying to do. Your discount Cracker Barrel. You don't get to be sassy on black Twitter. Like, what are you doing, Yeah, I do not want to hear the Cracker Barrel response. (laughs) It's really crazy. The only time... We snapped when we made our Coladoli Fountain. (laughs) Because the thing is, all these corporations, they clearly hire for social media management at least somebody who's part of a marginalized demographic, but the corporation that the Twitter account is representing never reflects the values of the person who's probably making their best jokes on Twitter. Right, or doing right. It. So it feels so incongruous. There is nothing about Denny and Snap that goes together. <laughs> and, it's, and it's crazy. Like, the only time for me that the corporations work when they trying to be funny on Twitter is when it's NBA Twitter. And mm. that's because everybody who has money on those franchises are black. If you can't, yeah, Denny's yeah. is not the Warriors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you know what that meant? The, war- the, the team? Yes. yes. Do you know who the Warriors are? I've, yes, they, they are of the Golden State. I actually really <laughs> fucking love the Warriors this week. Mostly because um, oh. <laughs> you remember Fergie's awful. Oh, uh, I saw this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They like played Fer- it in the locker Fer- room. Fergie did an awful <laughs> rendition <laughs> of the national anthem, right. and people mocked it. But mostly Draymond Green from the Warriors <laughs> was seen laughing. Laughing. Recently, Josh Jumal, who's separated from Fergie right, right. now, uh, called him a dick and said that he should apologize. And so the Warriors put a video up of them dancing to a remix of Fergie's national anthem. Deeply petty. The, and, the pettiest. Oh, speaking, of, speaking of people who should not tweet, Fergie then retweeted it and tried to get it on the fudge. She was like, hashtag Fergie remix challenge. Let me see yours. <laughs> the challenge is telling your ex to not wait a year to say something in defense of you. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, why they, that's why they get a divorce. <laughs> Big divorces don't cry. <laughs> well, this has been our show. Thank you so much for Thank being you. here, Ray. It's been a delight. I'm having so much fun. Thank yeah. You. Tell people where to find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Ray Sani. Um, and you can find me online there. Um, yeah. Writing, doing stand-up. Don't harass writing. her Please like do- you harassed Amina and Doreen yeah. when I did an episode No more them. sass. Very Please. ridiculous. Yeah. They were Be fabulous. kinder to Keep it fans aren't barbs. <laughs> 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 to freedom! <laughs> the living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. 
But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.